Hi, this is Sarah Ann Macklin with the Live Well, Be Well podcast. And here's a bite-sized moment of our mini-series. Today we explore premenstrual dysphoric disorder, also known as PMDD, a health problem that is similar to premenstrual syndrome, PMS, but is much more serious. So there is another one that I keep hearing a lot called PMDD, which is severe premenstrual dysphoric disorder. If I've said that correctly, Correct. please let me know if I haven't said that right. Yeah. Um, and that can really, well, it's it's meant to say that it's gonna impair long-term emotional and physical symptoms that can last weeks into your period and after, and it can be linked with symptoms such as depression and severe anxiety. Now, if people are suffering with this, what do you suggest and, and why might people be suffering with such extreme ends of, of, of PMDD? Yeah, it absolutely exists. Uh, so some form of premenstrual symptoms and not always a syndrome. So PMS often refers to a syndrome, which will be a constellation of features that always tends to occur, is quite common and perhaps manageable. But yes, it can manifest in quite severe forms, especially, say, with extreme anger leading to sort of aggression or extremely low mood that affects day-to-day life, relationships, friendships, and general relationships with the family. Yes, it can be quite debilitating. And it may be uh, uh, sort of associated more with people who who are already susceptible. You know, I was talking about kind of the background risks where, say, this condition already uh, exists. For example, if someone's already prone to depression or prone to sort of ups and downs of moods, you know, there are different kind of conditions in mental health that, that leads to, you know, uh, ups and huge ups and downs. And therefore, under the effect of these hormonal changes, they may be quite pronounced. So they may happen. So one of the things is to obviously address what is in the background, address mm-hmm. triggers, and also may need medical intervention. may need medical intervention, one of which may be to use hormones to maintain a stability so that there are no peaks and troughs. So something like simple, like the combined pill, for example, that has a certain dose of estrogen and progesterone, but it's taken in a continuous fashion so that there is no ovulation, it stops ovulation, and you do not get, and, and the signals also back to the pituitary is just uniform. So you avoid the huge peaks and traps or may need antidepressants to just tide over these uh, extremes. So for any woman that might suffer or have suffered with PMS or more severely with PMDD, there could be other factors as well that, you know, your menstruation and your hormones can really affect such as libido is quite a common one. Some people might have a loss of libido and by that I mean sex drive. Can we talk about that this could be quite normal for some people and maybe not to overly worry that there's something wrong with them? Because I think as soon as people might lose their sex drive, they can have alarm bells ringing off or their partner might have alarm bells ringing off that that something's wrong with their relationship. So can it cause a loss of libido? I wouldn't say loss, but you see, uh, hormones do determine libido. And it Mm. is natural in the sense around ovulation, 
So it's nature's way. See, around ovulation, when the estrogen levels are high, the libido will be at its highest because nature wants people to have sexual intercourse at that time and for a pregnancy to occur, yes? But as the hormones fall, so that means when estrogen hormone is at its lowest, yes, libido will fall, but that is normal variation. It is also important to recognize that the largest sex organ in the body is the brain. So how the brain feels will often determine, you know, uh, one's sort of um, interest in uh, sort of sexual intimacy. And um, so when, if someone has PMS, for example, of course, at the same time, they will also not feel that sex drive or the, uh, and, and that doesn't therefore mean that, uh, you know, there is a, 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 a anything worrisome for the partner in terms of, you know, where the relationship is growing, going. One thing I would like to mention here is one of the treatments of PMS or PMDD is actually it's collaborative and the management rather is collaborative. And it is important for partners, family members, friends to understand this as well and know that this can happen. It will pass and how they can actually work with the individual to accommodate this. And I mentioned sexual intimacy. Sexual intimacy can be manifest in so many ways. It is just penetrative, you know, sex is not Mm. the only way of intimacy. There can be other ways in which uh, the person going through PMS may wish to uh, express so may just want cuddles, for example, okay? That is still, I think, romantic and sexual intimacy. So it's about just looking at, I think, things in a slightly different way or adapting that mm. uh, sexual intimacy may vary or the expressions may vary throughout the menstrual cycle rather than in uh, being only in one way. Thank you for listening. For the full interview, follow the link in the show notes and be sure to subscribe, follow and share the Live Well, Be Well podcast with the season launch of Series 9 coming very soon. Before you go, I have something new to tell you about. There's brand new bonus content waiting for you with every new guest I speak to. These are exclusively for my inner circle of Apple subscribers. To listen now, head to the Live Well, Be Well show page on Apple Podcasts, where you can activate your free trial and you can enjoy the podcast without adverts.